Uh, that's that's very radio like. Now it says we're live. Oh, okay. Now now I believe we're alive. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Well, that's annoying as hell. Oh, something's happening. <gasps> I see my face. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Now I can pop out the chat and ignore that stupid window. Yeah, I don't know why they had to change it, but hey. I've been putting it off. I was lucky enough to actually copy the stream. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show. You know, we're starting a little late today. We're all uh, season three. Yeah. You know, we just wanted to have you guys, like, be a little nostalgic for the days where we took 20 minutes to get the show going because we totally had screw-ups with the video. Remember that? We got close to an hour one time. Oh, my God, yeah. That was awful. And then it was, you know, the echo, the echo chamber. Oh, my God. We learned so uh, much on this show. I figure season five will take the... Uh, We'll take the training wheels off, you know? Right. We'll and go live, like, before, like, as soon as we walk into the room to yeah. start. Yeah. Nice. I'm into that. Uh, I, Brian is absent. You may not notice we have a black box in the corner. Um, he's, uh, I guess he's down there. Apparently, yeah, uh, he's apparently doing uh, some sort of surgery right now, an emergency right? Popping open somebody's hip and then yeah, popping it like a GI Joe doll. Just a you know, putting the quick one of those. Putting the rubber band back in the crotch area to hold the legs on. Aye aye aye. Do you ever take apart a GI Joe guy or a Buck Rogers guy? Migo. Let me think about they it. had uh, they I, had rubber bands. I melted, I melted my six million dollar man doll to get his uh, bionic eye to come out. It did huh. not. It did not end as I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's that is terrible. But if, Steve Austin. We can rebuild him. We can melt no, him. you can't. Not after that. No. I like the thought process. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, I want to be able to see through this eye, like, through other stuff. And it's, uh, it didn't happen. It's like a very engineering way of handling things, you know. I guess. I mean, I used a soldering iron, and I was like, <laughs> seven. <laughs> that is hilarious. All we right. should really be giving soldering irons to younger and younger children. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. Let start them young. Oh, I better turn my ringer off on my phone again. Yep. Hey, I'll, I'll put my. I'll, I'll turn off my Alexa. <laughs> That's funny. It's probably Brian. He's gonna. He's like, I'll, I'll be there in a minute. And yeah, whatever. He he was going to do a case, so I, I'm sure he had to scrub up. He probably just set foot inside that place right now to take care of that whatever it is. Is he in? Is he and this is in Colorado, right? Yeah, yeah. He's in a he's doing a fellowship at Swedish down there. So, oh my, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's also like foreign language to all these guys that are listening. Let's hit it. <laughs> what do you say? Yeah, hit it. All right, let's hit it. Hopefully, this will work. Oh my God! There we go. Live from KOIR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, this is Arcade Radio. Hello, Commander. Computer reporting. Intruder alert, intruder alert.
Hello, and thanks for listening in from the Arcadosphere. This is Season 4, Episode 35 of the Arcade Radio Podcast. Today is Thursday, September 3rd, 2020, and the time is now approximately 7.23 p.m. Central. I'm your host, Adam Silent Running. I'm joined by my co-host, Mark. Things could backfire drastically. Shields and Paradise Arcade Shop proprietor and Lunar Module expert, Brian Thurston Howell, Armitage III, who's absent in surgery right now. And joining us tonight, say hello to our special guest, who is a talented software engineer, developer, and the founder of Cassandra. It's Cassandra. That's a typo. It's Cassandra. I was because no, I was. It said. It said Cassandar. Cassandar. Yeah. Oh. Well, so it's Cassandar Games. Let's just try that again, okay? All right. Here we go. Joining us tonight, say hello to our special guest host, who is a talented software engineer developer and the founder of Cassandar Games. In addition to being the creator of a special little game you may have heard of called Death Ball, ladies and gentlemen. Um, So let's have a little round of applause for Mr. Tony Hauber. All right. All right. It's a little golf clap. We give the golf clap at the beginning of the show. All right. So, uh, welcome to the show, Tony. It's good to have you on. How's it going, guys? Good. Uh, with the first segment we talk about is what have you been working on? So, Mark, why don't you uh, kick us off with that little dilly bob? Okay, so I finally got a pallet. Oh, good. It's Pac-Man. This is the saga of Miss Pac-Man? Right. All right. And I, I, I was looking at the pallet because I was like, you know, is this pallet strong enough? Does it have the strength to make it? And it's from Italy, which is really weird. And um, oh. but I feel like it, it has you know is is Miss Pac Man worthy? So that's oh good be, good yeah I'll try to do that tomorrow before it rains. We'll see. I'm actually um, glad that it doesn't have feet right now because we put feet on with a pallet. It's kind of a mess. Exactly yeah. So, so I'll put that'll be good. I think I have a set of Bob Roberts feet. So. I have some that are from this type of machine that are kind of rusty. If you want to like yeah, but since you have some, that's. Well, you could you could throw them in there. I'll, I'll I'm just throwing all the junk that I don't want. Yeah, just if I end up with all the stuff I sent you, I'm going to be a little upset. I'm going to send some <laughs> underwear and things. And so that'll be, I'm as, long, as long as they're arcade radio branded, I'm okay with that. They'll be black. Oh, good. But uh, that's about it. They'll so. be black and <laughs> yeah, mostly around the butt side. So. <laughs> I don't know if they're laundered or not. Oh no. Well, yeah. <laughs> So um, uh, the phone booth I bought and the Berserk I bought from Coin Op Warehouse are coming okay. to me. And uh, wow. uh, what's funny, I got this like message from Lloyd, who runs Coin Op Warehouse. He's like, oh, the door is kind of coming apart. Let me know what I got to do to make it right. And I'm like, oh, sir, yes, thank you, so that I can start getting like, sh- shit for free or whatever. Wait a so second. I'm confused. Of- you were in the phone booth last week. Oh, I bought a 50s vintage phone booth. Oh. You know, so I also own a, um, a 50s vintage uh, public telephone sign. Yeah. Which will, will go together with us. Have I shown you this before? I think I have. Probably. Right. So, so, yeah, that, that's coming in my right. berserk. Uh, 
let's see what else I did. I turned in my Back to the Future scenes where I dressed up as Doc and, I and Marty. I saw that. Pretty good. Uh, that'll come out September 7th, I think. Fun. Excuse me. On Yes. Also, on Craigslist yesterday, somebody was selling a Robotron for $1,600, and I... I was like, "How about a thousand dollars?" And then, and then uh, they never wrote me back, and then it got sold. So oh, that's that happened to me today with a Super Pac-Man machine that was a Miss Pac-Man. Mm. It was three hundred bucks, and uh, Steve, who's in the chat tonight, tipped me off, and uh, I was unable to obtain it. So just not moved, just didn't move fast enough. Or? Well, I was in physical therapy when I got the message, and then when I tried to click on it, it didn't come up, and I was having problems with my phone all day. So I just, you know, so I need to get a new phone. I think account. that's what you do when it doesn't work, right? You just get a new phone. Right. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, I bought a scramble. It's kind of a project, but it was okay. just sold as is, whatever is, and it's beautiful. It's got you know full side art and. Um, I'm kind of fun. I'm I'm going to restore that and my Super Cobra side by side. Are we talking uh, spaceman side art? Yes, the spaceman stenciling side art. Where oh, he's, nice! You know, smiling, you know, like kind of in a weird way at you, and I don't know what's going on. I know a guy that had one of those, and he sanded it down and made it into a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Crazy, you say? Yep. Yeah. That, uh, oh, that's uh, that's the reason he's not on the show anymore, actually. Right? You kicked him out for that? Yep. Actually, no. We kicked him out way before that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we used to have another uh, host, and it was okay the first season, and then the second (laughs) season, he would never join us. Yeah. So we used used to call him, like, at home, (laughs) and then he wouldn't answer. There was a a stint where we just, you know, where he's already not on the show, so we just said, well, let's just try calling him every day. Eventually, he did answer. Yeah, boy, he was... He was Kurt with us. Kurt, yes. I think we had to have Eugene Jarvis on for him to answer. <laughs> yes. Eugene. Good old Eugene. Right. <laughs> anyway, that's all I'm working on. Uh, what are you working on, Tony? Well, I uh, have spent a significant amount of the last couple of weeks preparing for... Uh, besides Death Ball, I, I'm involved in another arcade-adjacent project called Scorbit, or Scorbitron. Uh, they're these little like devices that you put in pinball machines. Oh, cool. Uh, they look, oh, they wow. look like this. Actually, I got one on my desk here because I've been testing with it. And uh, it goes in your uh, pinball machine and it essentially gets it connected to the internet and it gets all the scores that it posts. It can verify them that they're real scores and they get posted to the internet and trying to create like a database for all these uh, pinball, uh, you know, thriving pinball lounges all over the U.S., kind of trying to create a network for them to have an online... uh, Exactly. So, like, you can sort of play against somebody else. Not necessarily, but you can see their high scores, maybe? Well, and, you know, yeah, we do do have... You you can see their high scores, but we've also built in the ability to challenge other people. So, if I have... If I'm playing... If my arcade has the same machine that your arcade has obviously not all pinball machines are the same but if we just want to have fun a friendly fun competition that's verified uh, externally we just can challenge each other to play on the same machine so this this will interface with solid state and dmd and all of it yep yeah it's uh em what about i am i work on an app that's related to it so Mm -hmm. on the technical side uh 
I'm not the one to uh, like Say give those it. kind of promises. But sure. it, right. you know, we we are like have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of machines that are supported. That That's is awesome. awesome. So I posted the links to Scorbit in the chat, Scorbit IO, and uh, the announcement is Scorbit has arrived. The first link, and then the second one is the app. So yeah, we, we we legitimately we launched today. That so. is awesome. Well, well is, thanks for oh, sharing us with us. Yeah. That's uh, that's We're a, breaking uh, the news right here on that's, Arcade Radio. Oh, that's great. That's that's why we had you on in the first place. We're going to talk all about Scorbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but that is something I've been working a lot on. Uh, so I, I I'm a software contractor. So I that's a a project that I work with. Uh, yeah, I recognize one of those guys in that picture. Um, yeah, uh, the guy in the middle Brian? was he. Was he at MGC? I don't know. He looks really familiar. We should we should have these guys on. Absolutely, yeah. It'd be fun. I think they'd let's, love to let's talk. Let's call about. them right now. What are yeah. they doing? Oh, we should call them up right now. That's that always goes well when we try to yeah. call people. Hey, I'm drinking. I can't. I can't. Listen, we're doing a, sh- a show right now, and we really want to talk to you about your new thing because it'd be really fun. But that's a. It's been an interesting ride because you know. When this COVID stuff hit, we kind of had to change direction a little bit. Yeah, expand a lot of the collector features that we had been holding on to in the back of our heads. We wanted to launch a lot sooner than this, but then we're trying to adapt to like fit all the collector needs too, because there's a lot of people playing pinball in solitude now, and we really want them to be able to connect with their friends again. You know, their pinball friends and yeah. Well, that's awesome. So uh, I guess we're up to me. Yep. Yeah. What have I been working on? Uh, Arcade related. Let's see here. Uh, A whole lot of nothing. Uh, Actually, my Dig Dug neon sign arrived. Holy crap! That thing is awesome. Oh. Uh, Where's it at? I should put a. I should put a link up by that, huh? I I have a picture. Let's see. Uh, Okay. So while I get that going, I'm gonna see if I can multitask here, Um, which I really am terrible at doing. But. I I also been working on everyone's prizes for what's in the juke and our 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 uh, our giveaways. So yes, I, and today, Mark, why, why don't you interject right now? I'll get these pictures going and tell us about today's contest. Today's th- contest. If you go to arcaderadio.com/contest, that's arcaderadio with an R. Uh, you you will enter yourself uh, for a chance to win this beautiful. Beer belt. Very nice. Hold all the beers you want on your belt. You might be able to jog with it, not 100% sure. (laughs) That is funny. Holds a six-pack of beer. You will be very popular at parties. I recommend it, like, if you go to, like, you know, an arcade-type show, you know, and then have this in there. Everybody's going to want to talk to you. It's going to be great. All right, so So, they have to tell them where to go and and what's the secret word for today. Right. So the uh, well, again, the uh, URL is arcaderadio.com with an R uh, slash contest, and our secret code word for the day is McFly. <laughs> McFly. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, and oh, that's good, and we'll verify that, right? Sure. Oh, well, sure. Okay. okay now, as long as you spell it close enough, then you know that's fine. Good, good. So, uh, yeah, if it's Mac fly, we might not accept Ma- it. Yeah, I may let Mac fly fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, yeah, now let me share this album out to the chat. The chatters are dying here. I know they want to see this. So create link. Let's see if this works. The Copy. trouble is I need that for work, and I'm like, I agree. Yeah, oh, yeah, the, the beer thing, yeah. Um, okay, everybody, have a gander at this sign. It's just amazing. Um, you guys pop it up, too, and tell me what you think. Uh, that is 36 inches wide. So is that share? Is that working? I'm clicking on Yep. Yep. Wow, how wide is it? 36 inches. So that, for reference, that's a telephone behind it. Ooh. And there's a little clock. Yep. That is amazing. I like it. Is it LED? Yeah, it's LED it? neon. Yeah. So it's how not actually do that. It's not actually neon. So it's yeah. It's LED tubing. You can buy it at Menards actually. Oh. Um, but this company made another set of lights for me a, a while back. There were some ghosts and some neon, and I uh, started this project before COVID, and uh, I paid for it in March or April, something like that, for them to get going. Um, and then we had to communicate back and forth in broken English because uh, they don't really speak very good English. In Are they China somewhere? Hong Kong, Hong Kong? yeah. Yep. Well, China, yeah. So, But I, I trust them because I, they did the first set for me, and they did it for, uh, get this, it was $250 shipped. And, and they designed it and everything? No, I designed it. Oh, but they, print, they produced it based on yep. your design. Yeah, so we I worked see. together on a couple of... Like the the Dig Dug font in Neon, I didn't know how I was going to really do that. So I took the Dig Dug image that I wanted and I drew the puka the way I wanted him. And then I put, I laid it out and I said, can you do something like this in Neon? Um, and and then they sent it back and it, we had some back and forth. I said, oh, that the puka needs to have his goggles a little bigger and blah, blah, blah. And by the end, it was... Uh, they sent me the plexiglass with the inlays that they created, and I was like, okay, this is happening. And it showed up like two days before my birthday. So, Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. 35 years old? What's going on? Yep, 39. 39. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Enjoy those 30s. Thank you. Uh, they're just about over. So, wah, wah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that was kind of cool. Uh, so back to the prizes. I have all the caches separated. They'll be going out this weekend. Uh, I, I got a Dreamcast recently, and I did a GD Emu uh, mod on that. Do you know what that is? Put this little board inside there and replace your drive. You can put an SD card in and play any game you want. Just boots up right off that. So um, that I have like 40 games loaded. Hydro, Thunder, damn the Torpor. You know, so it's just really fun. And then... Um, what else do I got? Oh, yeah. I got my Super 8 projector running. So that's kind oh, of cool. Yeah. Legit Super 8? Like film? Or? Yeah, like film. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I was having some problems. I have one other thing to fix on it. and uh, um, But I can run film through it now. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. And it plays sound. So I have like a Buck Rogers reel and a Black Hole reel and a Star Wars reel. You're not going to stick that in your Kitty Rama, are you? No, but that runs off Super 8 also. So right. it's, it's a good skill to have to be able to repair that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, we I'm we just... all own Kitty Ramas, believe it or not. Are you familiar with that? I'm not familiar with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Basically, they were little theater yeah. vending. Oh, thing. yes. Okay. Yeah. And so somebody last week made a joke about them being jerk-off boxes or something. Gross. Yeah. What? Yeah. But... everything have to be sodium sexualized? I don't know. Yeah. Or There's no room in there for that. I can't a kitty rama just be a kitty rama. Exactly. Gross. 
And the other thing is, like, why does everyone do drugs in arcades? That's what they were made for. Yeah. They were dark and smoky. People did drugs. That's what they do. I never did drugs. I did never did drugs. I did candy. You did candy? Yeah, I drank a lot of pop. Yeah. Oh, the pops. The pop. (laughs) I still say pop here. People are like, what? And I'm like... Uh, soda, a Coke, soda, Coke, yeah, <laughs> whatever you call it down here. The bubbly water with sugar in it—that's what I like. Yeah. Right. Huh. Speaking, of, I'm out. I'm almost out. I gotta get something. Um, but before we do that, um, I think we should jump into our new segment, which is going to replace Brian's segment today because he is absent. So I don't really have a bumper for it yet. Wait, so I, is it is it the console corner? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me let me make you a bumper. All right, here we go. Do 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 do. Console corner. Sing along and in the console corner. This is the dumbest segment ever. Okay. All right. Now, okay. I do want to legitimately kick off that. So let's play. I, we got to play Brian's bumper though, because it's so good. Yeah, it's classic. Let's do that. All right. Here we I go. always felt that the true stars at Atari was engineers. <laughs> Oh, you're an inventor. Yes, I am. What have you invented? A lot of things. Like? Like a lot of things. Like things that you've heard of. Like? Well, things that you will have heard of, okay? Patents are patents. Arcade Now, here's something funny. I actually did create two new uh, music tracks this week, too. Oh, are we going to play one at the end, maybe? Or? Sure, we could do that. I don't want to play one right now, but... But and Chris you know, Graham says he wasn't allowed in the Kmart arcade because they did drugs there, according to his mom. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I wasn't allowed in the Kmart like, restaurant <laughs> they had. Remember that? They also worship Satan. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. I remember the Kmart restaurant with heat lamps and, oh, yes. man, love that. God, that was like a carryover from the 60s. They didn't shut those down until the 80s. Right. Yeah. And then they put, like, a pizza pizza, what's that place, um... Pan Pan. Little Caesars, maybe? Little Caesars, yeah. Wow. Uh, you could tell the advertising has had an effect on my brain. I am excited that that one Kmart that's in the way of uh, uh, whatever Eat Street's called on in Minneapolis is going to get wiped out. Oh, it's going to be yeah. nice. Well, we're going to skip the news tonight um, entirely uh, just for fun because I want to alternate between these segments. Uh, but the console corner, uh, I think, uh, I think we're going to feature a console, talk a little bit about it and see if anybody knows anything about it. Um, well, probably, it'll probably morph as we go through it, but I do have a fun console to share with you today, uh, on screen here. And it, you know, for you podcasters, I'm going to have to do my best to describe this monolith. Um, but uh, having recently watched the first few episodes of High Score, uh, I was reminded of... Well, actually, prior to High Score coming out, uh, there was a guy on um, Facebook Marketplace who I struck up a conversation with about certain items that were for sale for console stuff. And he said he had come into a lot of junk that you know he didn't know what it was because he's 15 years younger than me or 12 years younger than me. And so he's been, he, yeah. So he's been asking me about stuff, and he said, um, "Do you know what this? Do you know what this thing is called a Fairchild?" Oh my God! And I said, "Well, yeah." <laughs> I laughed and I said, "Yes." And uh, 
And, and he's like, is it worth anything? And I said, well, yes. <laughs> I said, does yours work? Uh, he goes, well, yeah. Well, and I, so first of all, it, it, this is the thing with the, the two controllers, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, that's a Fairchild Channel F. Worst and it ever, looks okay. like this. Oh, sweet. Wait, why is that in your hand? Wait a minute. Yeah. So this is a Fairchild Channel F. And on the side, you can see it's got some nice wood grain styling. Yeah. Seems familiar. Yep. And then this cover comes off from the back. Okay. And reveals the two controllers inside. Nice. Very ColecoVision. Which look like this. They have like a thumb controller. Okay. They're they're very. This is the right one. You like see, kind of Nintendo Wii-ish. Yeah, yeah, they're almost. Very, they're very much like the Wii. And the interesting thing about this is, it's the Fairchild Channel F, but they call it a video entertainment system. So, your cartridges look like this. They're big. They're about as bit tall as a Nintendo cartridge. Mm. Not quite as wide. And then if you ever had a TI-99 4A, oh, yeah. they slide in the front in this door. you got to put them in the right, right way, though. So put them in like this. So it slides in like this. <laughs> right that. And then there's an eject button to get it out. <laughs> oh, what? So is it locked in yeah. once it's in? Well, it's sort of. It's just, it just helps you release the cartridge from oh, the teeth. Okay. So, and if you don't have a game... It comes with two built-in games, a Pong-style game and a hockey game, and there's variations here for what you want to play. So, And it weighs a buttload. It's really heavy. So you're getting a workout. Yeah. Five so, um, Also, everything is attached in the first version, so you can't lose your controllers. You can't lose the power supply. Power. The power it's a fair talent on there. You know. So that's uh, 18 volt, 12 milliamps, um, and it's attached somewhere inside. So uh, I got this in six cartridges, and, it, and ironically, I didn't get it from the guy that uh, who was teasing me with it. I ended up getting it from a friend, um, whose name I won't mention on the show unless he wants me to. But anyway, he's uh, he, he was he was like, uh, I have one. You can just have it. What? Shut up. Yeah. So now, uh, the funny thing is, uh, a system like that working with, and I'm going to give him some money for it, don't worry, but um, uh, a system like this working uh, with six games back in June would go for about 250 bucks. Since High Score, the, the video uh, and Netflix series that came out um, aired, uh, the same system, uh, and not even that great a shape, with the same number of games just recently sold for over four hundred and twenty-five dollars. Wow! For the single system. So the, the, there's two things I want to mention about this console. The first one is uh, th this was invented by a Gerald Anderson Lawson, a black man uh, living in Silicon Valley, an engineer, um, and I, I think that's really important because uh, he basically invented cartridge technology there up until that point there had been no cartridge system atari was not first with their cartridge system they they just made it better so uh that's cool 
And um, the other thing I wanted to mention about it is uh, not that it's really heavy, uh, um, but it, but I think from a historical standpoint, um, it's it's everybody should have one, you know, in their collection. So what do you guys think of that thing anyway? I like it. I'm on eBay right now going. <laughs> yeah, look in the sold items. Not so fun to look at right now. No. Okay, I'm, I'm saving this search. Yeah. yeah it's, so you think, should I look up Channel F or Fairchild Console? What's your... Uh, either either one. Actually, I would create a couple of searches. Fairchild Channel mm-hmm. F. Um, I'm, look, I'm looking through the video carts here. Yeah, yeah. They're, and they're all numbered. The one I was Yellow. showing is number five. It has uh, a game called Space War on it. So I haven't had a chance to play it because I just got it yesterday. Um, but I'll fire it up, and I might have to do a little review. Looks so. like there's 26 carts out there. Yeah, they didn't make very many carts for it. Not at all. All right, well, so that's going to round it up for Console Corner. I think we're going to have to move on to the next section of the show, which we all love. And that's Mark's section coming right up. All right. Oh, Back okay. in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Back, back to, to the, the cave, cave with, with Time Runner. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Hey, kids. Hello. Let's talk talk deleted scenes in sweet 1980s movies. Okay. Yeah, tonight's film we're going to focus on is The Goonies. Oh, I I know what scene you're going to talk about. Well, let's see. I, I bet you don't remember that The Goonies gang interacted with arcade games. Do you remember that in the movie? Uh, I do not. Ah, well. That's the reason why you don't is because there is a deleted scene early on in the film <laughs> where Sean Astin's character uh, travels to a convenience store along with his Goonie comrades. Oh, yeah! Just as just as the mean kids also arrive, you get a glimpse of a super minty eye robot and a brand spanking new uh, Return of the Jedi arcade game. Oh, cool! Yeah, wow. I mean, and this scene's a little weird because. It seems a little repetitive where Sean Astin is like getting a map and then comparing it to the Chester Copperpot mat. Mm-hmm, it's very, mm-hmm. very weird. But um, remember at this point, Warner Brothers, which Warner Brothers, which released the film, they also owned Atari. So that's why you would often see their latest games highlighted in their latest films. So Return of the Jedi came out in 84, which means they were filming in 84 because this was released in 85. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, so what happens uh, when you get the really good glimpses? Corey Feldman and Martha Plimpton, uh, who I have had a huge crush on, and she's awesome. She also happens to be the eighth—I can't believe this is true—the eighth cousin once removed to the Intellivision spokesman George Plimpton. That is so weird. How did they figure <laughs> out it was exactly eight? Is my question. Anyway, I got to tell you, I uh, just interject really quickly here. Uh, Intellivision has uh, one of the worst controllers of all time. It's oh, in my top five worst controllers. Why would you make a disc uh, a joystick? I don't know. This is the dumbest thing. <laughs> and that keypad. Oh, my God. I'm having oh, nightmares. The bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those guys are both seen playing these two games as uh, Sean Astin's character get his butt, gets his butt handed to him by the neighborhood bully mm-hmm. whose dad is buying up the goondocks. Oh, yes, of course. So anyway, if you guys have some time, check out the Goonies deleted scenes on YouTube. That's really all you have to type is Goonies deleted scenes. 
They even try to smoke Chester Copperpot's map like it's a doobie. Yeah. <laughs> I am not kidding. <laughs> well, sounds so like it adds some depth to this movie. Right, but I don't know which kind that we're, you know, what we were going for. Exactly. This movie was just re-released too, uh, recently. Oh yeah, yeah. While nothing was in the theaters, they released they re-released this one for sure. Yeah, I don't know, and it made like four hundred thousand dollars. So wow. somebody That's went awesome. to it. Somebody. But you know, uh, there there's actually uh, another scene in that movie that I I thought you were going to talk about. Is the, the the octopus or yeah, the octopus scene. Right. Because, yeah, because there's a song for it. What? Yeah, not. on the original soundtrack, there's a song. Uh, it's track number eleven. It's called Eight Arms to Hold You," and it, oh. it it's and it's done by the Goon Squad, and that is not featured in the movie anywhere because they cut the entire scene with the octopus. Yeah, what's funny is that when uh, Data says, you know, and then we had an octopus. Yeah, at the end. Line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's the beginning of the trail. Very 80s. Eight arms. Okay. Is that the kids singing? No, it's studio people. Yeah, no. This is totally overproduced. Uh, it, it sounds like something I would make. It's pretty good. I like, I like the guy in Warner Brothers that was like, we can't do this. <laughs> this isn't this isn't gonna happen guys yeah that's funny so uh, that's really cool I, I like that segment today uh what do you what else we got going here i have one question what is oh, what's in, in the joke? all right kids Welcome to What's in the Juke, the game within a game within a game, but not really. <laughs> yeah. We'll play you a super short clip of, of any song that we choose, but usually something from the 80s. Your task is to identify the song's title for which you will be awarded... Half point. A half point. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you can also guess the artist of the song, you will be awarded with... Another Half point. There you go. Nice. If you can guess both the song title and the artist, you will Full receive. point. Correct. <laughs> if you don't know the either the title or the uh, artist, please fight it out of the Now that the fight is over, let us begin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, there's ten songs in there tonight. I'm actually surprised you didn't pick a different uh, first song you know but uh but this will be good enough right <laughs> it's not it's not good enough but no uh, you know what i mean you could do that nobody would even know <laughs> all right here here's your first track <laughs> okay wonder who that is i don't know uh, Weird Al. That sounds like a. Um, uh, yeah. No, it's not. It's not. It's not Weird Al. No. Oh, Andy Bauman says his connection sucks tonight, so he's not going to be on point. 
looks like Brad Holman got Cindy Lauper. Yeah, Brad Holman, and uh, everybody thinks it was good enough because you were like screwing around with. Yeah, him. I know. It's girls just want to have fun. Brad Holman got them both. All right, good job, Brad Holman. So full point, dude. He. Oh yeah, we got to do full point for him. So full, full point. point. All right, that's awesome. Okay, here comes your next track. <laughs> There's a different intro. On the album version. You hear that? Oh, I like that. You don't ever hear that one. I don't know why. I feel like the radio station just cut to the second part. Oh, that actually, this one says the radio edit. I don't know. But either way, that is Heart of Glass by Blondie. And uh, Brad Holman was first with that. He's killing it tonight. Yep. And he got both again, it looks like. First place, everyone else last place. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is it's you know really neither here nor there it's all just about now who yeah all right so or who, or who goes to arcaderadio.com slash contest fills out the form and uses the secret code word marty yeah because i don't a, think anybody's actually winning this contest i thought the code word was mcfly Dang it, it is McFly. It is. It. Dang it. Now I we're... probably would accept both. Thank you. Tom. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Here comes your next uh, uh, made it up tracky track. On the Mc... I'm sensing a theme. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. So One more. He's using Shazam. No. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yes. Did anybody actually guess, or they've given up now? <laughs> Still, somebody was talking about something about the roller rink, uh, Mr. Peabody. Mr. Yes, P- Mr. time after time. Yes, and who is the artist? It is Cindy Lauper, and he gets that as well. So we got a full right. point for Mr. Peabody. Pulling right into second. Full point. All right. Now we have a fight. Oh, man. Yeah. The table up with Cindy Lauper. City Lopper. Oh, yeah. The IT guy. City Lopper. City Lopper. It's dumb after time. Yeah, I like her hair. <laughs> okay, here comes your next track. It's so punk. It's pretty badass, actually. Yeah, she used to hang with the punks, you know. I feel like one of her, like, that, that guitar player must have been like, we're going to start this song exactly like this. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I don't know if anybody's going to get that or not, but we could play it again. Brad got it one oh, way or another. Oh, there we go. Oh, and Mike Page in the running. All right. We got some half points on the board. Is that about right? That's right. Okay. Half point. I'm for both those guys. I'm going to play that again. One way or another. Keep one way, half point. One way or another, somebody's going to win this. Ha! <laughs> 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 what? Why do we do this? I don't, I don't know. You know... <laughs> And and this may be the inspiration for the whole thing. Looney, looney, looney. Oops. Oh shit. It's actually my favorite song of hers. I have like four copies of the forty-five. Oh my god. Just so they don't wear out in my jukebox. I love that song. I mean, I love the Goonies. Who doesn't? It's a video game. It's an awesome movie. It was produced by Steven Spielberg, directed by Richard Donner. It's got a video game scene in it that was deleted. That was deleted. I know. <laughs> so so that uh, it looks like Chris Peabody got both 
the Goonies are good enough in Cindy Lauper. Excellent. Uh, I guess we'll give him another full point. Full point. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mike Page in third place. Now, let's see yes. if, if anybody gets this next one or if they Who pick up a... What if they're going to pick up on a pattern here? Well, that was a tough... That's a tough intro. That's a terrible intro. Let's try to see if we can find it else. Oops. Can't believe that's the song. Yeah, it is. Let's go to the middle. You cut it off right at the right place. I know. So this is good. This is good. We have people Blondie, Cindy Lauper, Blondie, even Cindy Lauper. <laughs> <laughs> Just randomly. It's now we have to figure out who said it first. <laughs> I like Brad Holman, Mister Mister. Yes. Who got but, who got Blondie oh, first? Uh, well, Brad did, but Chris Peabody got Rapture. Okay, good. All right. So we know. Who, okay, great. So we got a half point for both those fellas. Yeah. Four more to go, guys. Four more? Man, let's pick up the pace, huh? Four more to go. Have you all filled out your contest form? Arcaderadio.com slash contest. Secret keyword penis. Wait, no. Oh, shoot. Secret P- key- P-word. Wait. McFly. It's not penis. He's making no, that up. Never. never. You know, are we allowed to say penis on the air? Sure. It's a... And a, and a, and a yes. Okay. As long as we're allowed to do that. Brian is a doctor. It's completely okay. Speaking of which, he did not make it late. He's just not no. going to make it at all. No. We'll see. All right. Uh, we're going to do the next track. I wonder if anybody's going to get the uh, the artist. Oh, Joe Drosen did. <laughs> Already got it. <laughs> oh, that. I'm going to give him. Going to give him that uh, credit. Okay, good. Um, Based on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should mix up the order a little. <laughs> Ah, this is great. It's my second favorite song. Oh, I like it. This was done by someone else as well. Did you know that? I think I, yeah. Before her? After her. Oh. In 1991. She did this in 89. Yeah, the, the other... So, that's a great track. Uh, the other guy that did this... His was a little better. Oh. Yep, it is I Drove All Night. It is Cindy Lauper. Okay, so we got some half points in the hopper for that. Half Thanks point. to Owen Chris. Yeah, so uh, the other artist that did that was Roy Orbison. And the video... Uh, for that song, for that version of that song, features Jason Priestley and Jennifer Connelly. It's like oh, a little mini movie. Why? Wh- how come those two partic- in particular? I don't know. I just, mm. it's weird. It, it's the coolest thing. I love it. I love Jennifer Connelly. I know. I'm like totally in love with her. Yes. <laughs> I have been since like opportunities. My wife hears me talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I hear rustling. <laughs> you can, like also this left hook and marks on the ground. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. man. Three more to go, guys. Do you remember the scene in Opportunities where she's riding the horse? 
Of course, I have it like etched in my <laughs> brain. Like it's a gif I can't get rid of. It's a John Hughes film too, you know. Wrecked classic. Yeah. Very smart man, John Hughes. Yeah, that guy. He he made a lot of good. Made a lot of people a lot of prepubescence and t- pubescence happy. Je- yeah, Wally. Is it Jeff Wally? Is that the kid that is in uh, Career Opportunities? Yeah, he's in all kinds of stuff. Yeah, uh, he has a really great stint in one of the seasons of The Dead Zone. I don't know if you ever watched that show, but... Yeah, I love that show. I think we've talked about this a couple times. Uh, oh, that's great. Michael Pillar. It's like how I can't remember uh, the girl that was in Valley Girl. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, Deborah Harry. But now I can't. Not Deborah Harry. De- Deborah Foreman. <laughs> Deborah Harry's in this band. Oh, shoot. I gave away the hint. All right, so that's your all right. Art? No, it is not art. <laughs> all right, and um, while they're coming up with that one, I'm going to play this one. Okay, <laughs> we'll just get it going. <laughs> just get ahead. Get ahead. A yeah, you didn't put my favorite Blondie song in here though, which is Atomic. I love Atomic. While they're figuring that out, I'm going to hit the head real quick. Good. So- sounds good. Sounds good. It is Blondie. It is Cindy. Yeah, I'm going to say Peabody got that. Who got uh, Call Me? Uh, Brad Holman? Yep. Uh, if no, Mr. Peabody, if you go scroll up a little higher before. Oh, yeah. Two, two yeah. above Brad. I see that. He got both of them. He get a full Blowing point. everybody away. Yeah. Whew. So we got a full point for that. Full point. We got a half point half for that. Point. And we're at the last song. Should we make this one worth six points? Six points. All right, here we go. Go. It's a great song. That's it. That band is awesome, by the way. They just came out with a new album not that long ago. Did you know that? I did not know that. Like a few years ago. And it's actually quite good, but they don't get promotions, so, you know, because they're... I'll have to check that out. So Brad Holman got Blondie, and Chris Peabody got Dreaming, which puts Chris Peabody in first place. All right. Full point. Brad, Brad Holman is Mike Cage and Joe Drosen tied for third. Well, that was, that was awesome. So should we listen to a voicemail or figure out who won the contest? Let's figure out who won the contest. <laughs> I think I heard the toilet flush. I did flush the toilet. Oh, wait. No, that wasn't me. That's the only way I do it. <laughs> That's good. And wash your hands. Yep. Hey, we should all be wearing masks. Oh, never mind. Okay. Okay. So who won the contest? Well, there were seven entries. Wait a second. And so, are you going to... <laughs> That's at the end. We do that at nine o'clock. Oh, we do? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, was, so the, you guys still have a chance. Arcaderadio.com slash yeah. contest. We will stop oh, taking... Word. Yeah. Oh, shoot. What did I just do? I just moved my whole board. There we go. Thank oh, God for Command-Z. Um, right. I was like, oh, my God, I just moved everything. Uh, so we have a couple of voicemails in the hopper. Should we play those? What? Okay. All right, here we go. Thank you for calling 612-548-GAME. This is Arcade Radio. Please leave your message after the tone. Hey guys, 
listener, long-time caller. Um, just kind of let you guys know I'm kind of going back through some of the early episodes, giving them a listen, and uh, I've got a little question for Mr. Timer from his first time on the show. Question is, does he still have the tricky shoot? And does he have those original feathers still in the bay? What? What? Does he, Does see he have some, the, something the still in a bag? Still under the bag? Is that what you said? I don't know. <laughs> some, something still in a bag? The tribunal is still under the bag. I don't know. I, uh, I, well, you could at least answer the first part. Right. So yes, I still have the turkey shoot. It works, except I don't have the fan enabled because I don't have a solenoid to uh, turn the fan off and on. I have a bag of feathers sitting on top of it. But the game is working 100%. I sold the uh, PCB that came with it. That's what he was asking about, is the bag of feathers. Oh, so no, yeah. The feathers that were in it were actually filthy and kind of dirty and a little bit, um, I think there were mites. Oh. Yeah, so they were nasty. I I just went and bought some new turkey feathers that were beautiful. And um, I'll put them in there once I kind of build the the little uh, apparatus. That Okay, so I have a question. Turkey shoot has a physical element to it? Yeah, so um, in where the bezel is, it's a it's a double pane glass with a space a gap in it, and every time you clear a wave of turkeys, this fan engages and all these turkey feathers blow up in front of you. But that seems like a total pain in the ass for the operator. Uh, I, you know what? I don't I don't really know why why mine had the uh, the mechanism removed. It's like somebody didn't understand what a solenoid was. It basically used it was it's a Williams game, so it used like essentially Williams pinball parts, which will be what I will use to recreate that mechanism. Did they take it out because it was dangerous? Oh, I don't. I have no idea. You get hit I mean, in the eye with one of those stupid quills, and you're dead. Well, you it's, in, it's inside. It's inside a little glass box, like a feather box, is what they called it. Oh, so, so they don't never, blow onto the person. Never gets close. Oh. Okay, I thought it blew feathers onto people after oh, that would suck. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, poof. I just Maybe got hit in the eye with a... You and land it down. That would be amazing. Huh. Tony, what were you going to say? Do you, do you have to, like, where you... Do they have feathers that give it the perfect... That to be a specific type of feather so that you get the full restore? Yeah. Well, they white turkey feathers, but I used sort of like the brown spotted turkey feathers. I like those. That, yeah, they were a little bit cooler looking. Yeah. Um, I got this game from a, uh, I guess it was a gas station in Princeton, Minnesota, and it had been closed for 20 years. Somebody bought it, found it behind a bunch of uh, boxes and, and crates and things. That's really cool. All right, so we got another voicemail. All right. All right, let's see what's, what's in the hopper here. Thank you for calling 612-548-GAME. This is Arcade Radio. Please leave your message after the tone. I like Jeff Ball. I 
it. I make mine out of raw chicken and rice. <laughs> so far, so far it's worked every time. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm, I think I'm on the show now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang up now. <laughs> wow. That is funny. What's gonna cost you? A death ball made out of rice and what? Rats? I think ch- chicken and rice. Why don't you read your Google transcription? Oh, let me let me read the Google transcription for the voicemail. Because <laughs> it's quite accurate, I'm sure. Hi there, Arcade Radio. You played my gosh darn voicemail on the radio. I own my voice, so you owe me some money. Uh-huh. Every word costs at least 10 cents. So I'm going to need your address to send you an invoice. Sure, I'll get that to you. I've been so stressed about this, that, the these things and the other stuff it totally made me miss an episode of 90 days in france (laughs) and i lost track of my sandalas again they're either on the roof or in pokeyes poughkeepsie i need to check on that for crying out loud oh and hi to your death ball guest i like death ball i make mine out of chicken and rice (laughs) so far it's worked every time (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, they uh, hung up. All right, that's funny. Cool oh. transcript. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah, they, you just never know. <laughs> we have some weird voicemails, I tell you. Was I wonder if Bob's gonna call back for next week? Maybe. You never know. <laughs> All right. That was good. Let's get to the best part of the show. The best part of the show. What's that? What's that? Drum roll. Welcome to the show. It's Tony Hubber. Hey. <laughs> thanks for thanks for hanging in there, sir. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we like to entertain our guests before we get entertained by our guest. Right. So, uh, Tony, you've been working on a couple of projects. Uh, yeah. One of them is Death Ball. One of them is it. Uh, what, what's the second one? Scorbitron. Scorbitron. Yes. Scorbitron. Scorby. Io, right? Yep. So check that out. Um, but let's get let's. Mark, why don't you kick us off with the first question? So the so I ask this as a sort of origin story. As a youth, what were your circumstances where you first became hooked on arcade games? Well, I guess like arcades when I was very young, yes. and arcades were still prevalent, and they kind of like dropped off at some point, but. My dad was really into video games, and he oh. would uh, play Pac-Man, and and he was ve- he was like very good at Pac-Man, uh, and he's just this like low-key nerd that lived in Iowa and was reading these Pac-Man manuals so he could figure out how to complete the level in this like perfect thing, and I he was just kind of in this small town Iowa just doing his own thing, getting really good at Pac-Man. That's pretty cool. Hey, so what's your? Uh, I, I'm assuming you're not like right next to Otumwa. I haven't really checked no. where you're. No, not even. No, Otumwa is away. We're a ways away. We're kind of like uh, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. I'm about two hours from Madison. Like uh, if you go uh, west of Madison, okay. Uh, three hours south of Minneapolis, kind of in the northeast corner of Iowa. There. Oh, you're not far at all. We could get together. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, there we, you go. Uh, yeah, I, after, I, I come up to Minneapolis every now and then. After COVID, do you come up to play Killer Queen? Oh, yeah. So I, I've i been up there to play Killer Queen. I'm a big fan of the Killer Queen community up there. Well, of, I think a lot of the most avid Death Ball fans probably came out of that community. Well, I tell you, the the game is parked right next to Killer Queen at Updown. So. Yep. That's um, literally part of my agreement with them when we put it in there on a temporary basis was that they put it within two machines of, of Killer Queen because I knew there was a lot of overlap there. Well, I liked that they did that because uh, it was with a, all the newer arcade games, which were all kind of retro. And, and so, kill, I mean, Killer Queen, if you don't know about it, you can download it now as a Steam game. Um, it's different, but it, but it's but, similar. And... Um, but it's kind of like Joust uh, and some other games all rolled up into one. Um, it has some, even some like I would say Worms elements, um, where you get to fire things at the people. There's like a little guy that rolls like a cart along the bottom, and it's, yep. how much, is it five players uh, or four? Snail. It's a five player. Yeah. It's a five player uh, game. Five players per team, and then usually two teams versus. Yeah, or ten one player game. Yeah, so it's a ten player game. It is fantastic, uh, and so why don't you give us a, a little bit of your Killer Queen background? Because I think that'll be interesting for the audience. Absolutely. So, uh, and it also lead into Death Ball. Yeah, and so uh, after the kind of you know main era of arcade, we lived in Iowa. So when when arcades kind of went away, it was hard for us to find arcades again, and uh, I didn't really get reintroduced into the arcade scene again until the barcade scene kind of grew up and I was living in San Francisco and I traveled to a barcade and there was a Killer Queen machine in there and we played it with, uh, because it's kind of a spectacle if you haven't seen it. It's two very big cabinets and one's orange and one's blue and, you know, five people are playing and they're generally having a good time and so we jumped on it and I just was instantly hooked on that game. And it did really remind, like, it was really easy to pick up because it reminded me of Joust, which I think was a very important element to, you know, really help arcade people adapt to it really quickly. And, and uh, we started the the bar owner there. Right. He wanted to start a league, and I was there to help, so we organized the league, and that's how I got introduced into Killer Queen. That's awesome. And... Was this uh, like one of the earlier machines or like was it when they were sort of the, like there were killer machines everywhere? I know that there were like prototype machines out there for a little while. This was this was after the prototype stage. But, you know, there were still I think it was it was definitely under 20 locations. So we were right. I was playing when there was less than like I think there was like 12 locations when I started playing. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Um so let me see what's next on my little list of questions that I've been wanting to ask you. Um, Killer Queen. I, I, uh, do you, oh, so so in Killer Queen, what's your favorite position? Uh, so that's funny because you mentioned, you know, there is no positions in the game, but right, there are but, positions. Yeah, the yeah. They absolutely exist. And one of my like, favorite was ledge guard back when I was playing in San Francisco and I would play in national tournaments and stuff. That's what I would do is play ledge guard. And, you know, when I started playing that position didn't exist and I got to kind of partake in the, the whole meta of defining what that yes. meant to be a ledge guard. And that was, that's why I love that position so much, even though it's less prominent these days as the meta shifts and becomes more prominent again. But I love that position because I was actually there defining it in the beginning. You that's know? awesome. Really, 
reminded me of that arcade theme where you just like these people trying to figure out this game together at this at this location and right that's that really awesome. cool i you know and so while you were doing all these tournaments something mm-hmm. happened yeah well i got really interested in game design at the same time because i guess i kind of get when i think about what game design is you really get to see it when you watch killer queen communities because it's just this fun group of people who become really close friends it reminds you of sitting on the couch playing mario kart on you know n64 or even super nintendo with people just like having a good time and really creating these deep bonds and i think that really showed me during that time that that's what i want to do i want to help people make that and so i started getting into game design uh and I started watching a bunch of YouTube videos, and I did a couple game jams, and I built some games, and I'd take them to the arcade. And, you know, most of the time I'd go to the arcade with a game, and I'd have joysticks, and people would start playing it, and they'd get done, and they'd walk away, and I'd be like, oh, hey, can you you want to play again, please? I, like, I'm trying to figure out how to make this fun. Mm-hmm. What didn't you like? But uh, the first time I took Death Ball into the arcade, it was a very different experience. Okay. I... Uh, Gave somebody, this was, we were actually having a Killer Queen tournament on that day, an invitational. We invited people from all these different cities. And I set this game up, and uh, I handed the controller to somebody, and I played him. I'm like, you're a little wizard guy, and you're trying to kick this ball in. And, you know, we played around, and he goes, can we play again? And that was when I was like, oh, shit, you know, like, that's a that's the kind of question I'm looking for. And right. uh, so I had it set up all that all day that day, and people were... You know, a line started to form, and the bar manager and the bar owner started playing it. And I had talked to this guy before about doing all kinds of arcade development stuff. What if we, you know, had little game jams inside the arcade and stuff? And so he knew that I wanted to build an arcade cabinet. That's not what I was intending to do at the time, but I sure. it was in my space of my headspace. And he said, "If you build this game into an arcade cabinet, I'll put it in this bar." And I was kind of like that statement right there kind of was the beginning of Death Ball as an arcade machine. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, let, why don't you talk to us about uh, how Death Ball is played? Absolutely. So it's a platformer. Uh, I, I like to think of it a lot like Mega Man. Uh, the sprites are kind of Mega Man-ish, so that kind of platforming. And you, you are a wizard. You're, you're the purple wizard or the green wizard, and you're fighting another wizard for the death ball, which is this ball that bounces around a lot like a soccer ball. And if you touch it to your color, you zap your opponent. If you zap your opponent three times, you kill him, and you claim the prize. So that's death ball. But the, the important thing about it is the bubble. Yes. And what the bubble is is every time you jump in the air, you leave a bubble. You can jump as many times as you want but you can only leave one bubble behind. And that bubble that you leave, the last place you jumped, it's a little pinball bumper. So if you leave it at the right spot and the ball hits it, it kicks the ball. So that's kind of actually your main thing that you're doing is you're leaving these bubbles in places where the ball's going to hit to really impact a lot of force on this ball. Now, I do have to say, when I first played this game, I didn't know about any of these things. And I still had a fun time because <laughs> there's like a frenetic... Uh, thing that happens when you play with somebody else in the game where it doesn't really matter if you know what you're doing you the basic concept is get the ball to the other guy's side right mm-hmm. so it's almost like yeah. soccer 
in that you know and everybody can get that right there's a goal yeah you got to get the ball there uh if you get it in the green or the purple uh you know you get a point or or you kill or however it goes um there's a little contention there in the death ball world but yeah yeah because because i do it opposite for most people uh in most soccer like games you're trying to touch the ball to your opponent's goal right but in death ball, you're trying to touch the ball to your power well, so it's your color. Yeah, yeah. So it's a totally that different like, concept. That is the most contentious thing about death ball that exists is you're trying to touch your own goal, and I get a lot of people that ask me about that, and they're, you know, the reality of when you're the author of something is that they're probably right, but it's kind of like in my head it has this mythos. That's your power well. <laughs> your power well has to be your color. Yeah. Right. So I just tell them that, like, hopefully someday this won't be a thing and people will just say, oh, it's, this is the death ball way. Right. you got to touch your color. Yeah, I had forgotten that. So the other thing that's really interesting about this is it uses joysticks. Yep. Now, I wonder, did you play test trackballs? Because I think it would be super fun with trackballs. I never did trackballs. We did We did uh, the, the, you know, the non-gated joysticks, like uh, the... Yeah, digital joysticks and stuff, yeah. uh, but never trackballs. That would be now the, that would be pretty interesting. I I as I've gotten more into thinking about building arcade things, yeah, I've really gotten interested in trackballs because they do really represent a kind of way to input something that doesn't really exist in console gaming. Even yeah. well, I guess it's like a mouse upside down in a way. But. Yeah, I mean, it, the only time it does exist in console gaming is when they're trying to emulate for a game that was in the arcade. Uh, so, like, there was a trackball for, uh, there were two trackball controllers for the Sega Master System, maybe even the Genesis, or it could have been the Genesis mm-hmm. um, Mega Drive. And then there is a trackball for the ColecoVision, a trackball for the 5200. Do you have the ColecoVision trackball? Are you lucky? I do. Uh, I have a brand new one. Actually, Mark, I think I have a spare brand new, and you are welcome to it. What? You just won a Coleco trackball tonight with slither yeah. <laughs> i think it comes with slither too so let me get that out for you slither yeah well, that so doing my South Park impression. go ahead sir. the reason why i asked about the trackball thing is because like when we play atari football you have the you have the um what the god dang it i'm gonna I'm gonna blank on the on the type of bowling it is but it's basically a small bowling ball what's that something pin uh yeah yeah, Billy Seven candle, knows. Candle pin? He'll, he'll tell us. Uh, candle yeah, pin. And, yeah, I, know, candle I pin. know what you're talking about. So it's candle pin bowling ball. Uh, yep. And it's a four-inch trackball. It is phenomenal on Atari games, like Missile Command. And the, and the reason why it's so cool is because you can really rack on it. You can really just... Yeah, there you go. It's a beautiful thing. Man, that is such a beautiful ball. It is really beautiful, too. Um, I have two of those. I bought four. And then Mark split the cost. Two are in my Atari machine. Why aren't they in yours yet? I haven't put them in. <laughs> you got to do it. Uh, but, I mean, it is so fun to, you know, and you work up a sweat. I mean, people are already having a fun time with this game. But imagine if you put a trackball in. I think people go yeah. nuts. Yeah, and, I, and I, I I love the idea of that in, independent, like, very detailed motion you can get out of a trackball. I've also been exploring with potentiometers and just, yeah. like, you know, rotational things. Yeah. I well, maybe, you know, maybe that, for Death Ball real... 2.0, you could have two Death Balls in different colors. They could be lit up, Ooh, you know, purple and green. I like that. 
you know? <laughs> I'd be awesome. Anyway, I got to tell everybody, if you've not played this game, is it still at UpDown? Yep. I got to say, if you've not played this game, you have to play it. And and I know you're in like a dozen locations. Why don't you give us some of the locations they can play it at? Yeah, okay. So you can play it in Detour in San Francisco. Um, you can play it in... There's a couple of places in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's bonus round and oh God, I want to draw a blink. Actually, do you, do you know, have it in I'm one up? Do you have it in one? I think one? there's there's one up near Dallas for sure. And do you yeah, have it? There's a couple. There's a couple in Texas. There's a couple in Florida. Colorado. Uh, there's none in There's none in Colorado. Oh, dude, yet. you got to get in it. There's three places. I want to talk to the owners, John Jamshed. Yeah, we, you know we're in John 20, we're in yep. twenty places now, and. Uh, uh, we have we're building five cabs right now, and there's still three slots available in this build. So you, I mean, you could be talking about getting it within a, you know, yeah, weeks. Time. And they're open you know, too. Yeah. I will reach out to him because I think that he's got three locations, and then um, there are other Colorado locations. But Idaho, we should get one out to Steve Barbie's place for Gringfest. It is perfect. It's like it is. It feels like I said this in in the ad for tonight's show but it, it, it is a simple but addicting game and it feels like a vector game even though it's not oh, yeah. you know it has and, that and element because i do do some like tricks to really give it that old school arcade feel yeah too. so i love the concept you have t-shirt can you show us your t-shirt you got to stand yeah, up so yeah let me this is uh one of the t-shirts here this is the ah. purple wizard we gotta um, i gotta buy that so yeah you get the little these are the bubbles. They, so they all have like a little bubble trail that comes off them, the mm-hmm. purple and the green one, mm-hmm. and, and then they make bubbles when they jump. It's kind of how, a, how did you design the wizard? Did you have to do it on paper first? or? Okay, so that's a, that's a great question. So I actually, I kind of, I've always been in love with the Mega Man stance. Oh, the three quarters open stance. He looks familiar to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had I've had some I've always built sprites kind of to look like that three quarter stance guy, and I I had one guy who had a helmet from another uh, game jam, and I, I brought that character into this, and I was playing with it, and he had just had a rounded head, you know. So, and I had all all this stuff would happen when you were hitting the ball off your head, you know. Even it's really hard to direct it off of this circular thing. And right. so I was like, I drew, was messing with the collider box, and I made like a little pointed top. And all of a sudden, when the ball's coming down, I could get all kinds of control just off the top of my little sprite. But I had this really big thing that was really important to me when I was designing this game, which is I didn't want anything to be hidden. If, if it was there, I wanted it to be visible. I wanted there to be feedback for it. And I was kind of looking at this sprite with this little angled top collider. I had it turned on at that, and I was like, that kind of almost looks like a wizard hat yeah and so i needed a wizard and you know like that a lot of uh a lot of stuff you know just kind of came into just by buying it playing it real i liked it well one of one of the things i like about the game too is that there it's not like a genre game there i mean you say it's a platformer which it is kind of sure um, but it's a single screen platformer that yep. uh, that changes levels and adjust and, and, and it's kind of like joust in that respect so when yep. when things change platforms move around um and then there's one thing we didn't talk about in the game there's a cloud like a 
two oh, clouds. Oh yeah, it's like a shroud. The time, the time, the time thing. Yeah. Yeah, so that so slows the, down the ball. Yep. So right, right around the goals, this like little cloud of of little dust particles that are just floating there, and when the ball hits it, time kind of slows down, and that one. Uh, a lot of because that wasn't in the original, by the way. So if you would have played that at that time, I was telling you yeah, where yeah. I showed it to people, that didn't exist. And I kind of got this. I want death ball to be a sport. I want people to be able to watch it. And I was watching basketball at this one point, and this guy was trying to explain this really cool thing that happened that I couldn't perceive. Mm-hmm. And I kind of rewound a couple times, and it, I like just had this epiphany moment, like, no, like the sport should indicate to me. When something's exciting is about to happen, there should be something that says this is special. The zone we're in right now means something, and I and I wanted to build that around the goal. And I was like, what what do I mess with to make people really feel like this is special? And so I messed with the time element of it, and people tended to really like that. And that's kind of where I went from there. I want to welcome Brian to the show. Welcome. <laughs> You had to work tonight, buddy. How you doing? Oh, he's frozen in time. I see him moving. There he goes. There he goes. Hey. 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 Speak louder. We can't hear you. That's like the first time I've ever said that to you. Wait a minute. How's that? Much better. It looks like hilarious. (laughs) Ha ha. Anyway. Sorry, guys. We'll figure that out later. But, uh, Brian, you, you remember our guest, Tony. I definitely remember Tony. I was so... Brian, how's it going? upset i missed the beginning of this i was so excited i was going to be able to like chat with you all night and ask you all sorts of specific questions because i love some of the work you've done well, we I still just, got time i just heard you talking about the uh about the sport and getting near the goal and then i got disconnected and i'm back on but like you know I, I think one of the really cool things about what some of the guys like you have done in this hobby is that you've really you're you're observing things and taking things in and bringing them to players, which is awesome. Like you're like, hey, this is a good concept. People need to have this. Oh so. yeah, yeah. I I totally. I'm always trying to optimize arcade because even though it is based in this very old tradition, and not very old, I guess it's really when you talk about traditions, it's a more modern tradition. But it's based in a tradition. That doesn't mean that we can't find new things about it. You know, <laughs> and so like one of the big things that we do in my cab. Uh, I was standing watching people play Killer Queen one night. And I'm standing there, and there's this big TV sitting above the cabinets. And I'm watching the TV. I'm watching the game happen. And everybody's standing around watching this TV. And I go, man, what do I have to do to get a bar owner to put a TV above my bar? Like, how lucky do you have to do to be that? And I realized I could just do that. You could just add it to your put it on the cab myself. So every death ball cab has a spectator monitor mounted to the top of it. So people can stand around and watch people play. <laughs> that is so the awesome. way to do it. Well, and I don't. Did you talk about your cabinets yet? Because you really. We have not. We're not. We're not uh, we've not jumped into that too much yet. But let's uh, go ahead, Brian. Ask the question. Let's get that well, on. Well, I mean, like, so you really, you know, when we were at MGC and you were showing me, first of all, you build your cabinets yourself, right? Yep. And Jesus. The design that went into them, like most of the time. You know, you're going around looking for your security bit or you're trying to find something to like open up the marquee or do something. But tell I mean, tell people what you did with the death ball cabinet. Dude, I I tried everything and anything to get it to I the process was very exploration explorative. And one of my favorite things that I don't think anybody I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I think I'm the first person to actually use this in a cabinet is my control panel 
It's got, uh, the, on the latest cabs, there's a drawer in the old cabs, but on the latest cab, there's a flip down, and you reach under, and there's just two gate latches. And you just pop those two gate latches, and the control panel opens up. And they're just two 90-degree gate latches that you can buy at a hardware store, and then we drill them into the top of the control panel, we put a uh, hinge on the back, and that clicks, and that shuts them. And now, it's, you know, we, it, I, I know it's, it's a little bit more engineered than... Everyone in the chat's like, "Wait, that's what's in every game cabinet. There's two clips. You let them go." Yeah, there's and, clips, but, but like this is different. Well, it's 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 not different. It's just part of the process. Was how sure. am I gonna? I spent a lot of time messing with Killer Queen cabs, helping people sure. put in new eye packs and put in. And I just thought a lot about where do I want that stuff to be. And mm -hmm. so I'm gonna and I'm gonna make a video and do this. But I can replace a the micro switch in the button in less than 10 seconds on the cap. That's Completely awesome. closed yeah. up. Yeah, we need to That's see that because I think you've innovated the old style because, you know, you could reach up through the coin door on a, on a midway game or whatever and get the two latches and then it folds forward. And that's handy. Yep. But it's also kind of cumbersome because there's wires and all that stuff. You got to deal with it. So it sounds like you've taken that and maybe done a, something a little bit more streamlined. Yeah, and, and we, we're always trying to find... Every time we do a rendition of the cabs, we're always trying to find little things that we can do to improve it, mm -hmm. make it more efficient, really, because we don't want to make it cheap. That's right. not the goal, but we don't want you to have to pay for stuff that's unnecessary. Does your so, cabinet have cup holders? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and like I think it's important to. It's funny because at first I was like, well, that's just a feature, but really... It's about the longevity of that cab. I, yeah, you a know, cab with cup holders is going to last years longer than a cab without cup holders. True. So I actually don't agree with that because oh, go ahead. What I've what I've noticed is when you put cup holders on a cabinet, people use it to put drinks there. But most people, by the time they get to playing these cabinets and these barcades at night, are too drunk to actually use the cup holder. And so if you look at like a killer queen play field when people are playing it. There's like one or two in the cup holders, and they're just a bunch sitting on the cabinet. Uh -huh. and so, Sorry, go ahead. And so I think so, – so one of the things I, I feel like I've seen is when you put cup holders, you almost encourage people to use the game as a drink stand as opposed to a bar that puts like a drink stand next to the game. True. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really interesting point. And Uptown uh, has both. Killer Queen, Killer Queen did make one fatal error in their design, which is cabs, arcade cabinets shouldn't have flat surfaces. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They, yes. they just shouldn't have flat surfaces. I agree. And and you know, they I say that I get I I get the benefit of them going first in a lot of ways. So yeah. everything I say about their cab is out of love because they really paved the way for my generation of arcade yeah. development. Yeah. And I have a lot of respect for those guys, Josh and Akita. What are the other modern games that are next to your guys' and up down? There's a, a motorcycle game. Black, Black Emperor. We were Black just talking Emperor. about that in the chat, actually. Yep, that is a fantastic game. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. harder than hell. Thomas, Thomas Vicunas, I think is his name. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's, I he's a really interesting guy, too. I bought their... Uh, they had a record of the soundtrack. I bought it. It's like so... Uh, what do you the call that? soundtrack is great. Such like hipster. Yeah. I bought a freaking vinyl record of a digital soundtrack. <laughs> For a video game, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, but I love I love where it sits and everything. Uh, the cabinet design. What else did you do? 
or what? Well, we're you know we're we're. I actually just today I, I spent all day yesterday and today I'm designing a little, just a little latch piece for a micro switch so that when you close the cab and you lock it, it's got like a flush lock to it, but it also presses a micro switch. So we now have a micro switch that knows when the cab is shut up and locked. Oh, cool. And what we do with that is if it's ever unlocked, we bring up the debug menu. So okay. you just stick the key and you turn it. You don't have to open it. You don't have to get out the keyboard. You don't have to press any button. You just turn the key and the menu's there and you start moving around with the joystick and stuff. You still can't turn the menu on unless you have the key. Sure. But you don't have to get into the cabinet. You just have to turn a key, start pressing buttons. Okay. And if, and if I remember correctly, you were playing around with having the keys to open the marquee and everything else too, weren't you, when you were... Uh... Yes. Yep. And we, we've gone away from the marquee key just because of the fact that it, you know, it, everything is a trade-off, and we actually ended up making like a worse fitting there because having because we had the key there. So the newer cabs don't actually unlock in that position. And part of that, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because originally uh, part of that was I was so convinced that stuff was going to go wrong in every part of the cab all the time because I had no idea what I was doing when I was building cabs. <laughs> and sure. now we're much more sure that, like, yeah, you'll have to replace this stuff, but you just, if you can get access to it, uh, if you can get access to the stuff that shouldn't break very often in a, in a simple way, then that's, that, that meets the standard. Yeah, that's cool. But so, we do have, we still have a, uh, you know, access to all the main pieces that, you know, we think will f fall apart at a regular wear and tear <laughs> right there from the front of the cab. I thought you were going to tell us that you had uh, the switch on the door so you could say, Alexa, lock the uh, arcade gas. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. Nice. Someday, right. Oh, Someday my God. It'll be voice activated. Buick has a new Alexa commercial. I'm about ready to never buy a Buick because of that commercial. Um uh, so, uh, yeah, it's like, okay, here's how not to advertise. Uh, it comes on every, like, I watch IMDb. T anyway, tangent. I have a question for you. Here it is. Yeah. What were your favorite arcade games back in the day? Uh, I'm going to tell you, okay, so Warlords definitely wasn't my favorite back in the day. Sure. I didn't know about it back then, but sure. it is one of my favorite old school arcade games. Uh, and I know now that I haven't played the new remake Star Lords, which is kind of Warlords esque, but yeah. uh, but uh, I was I'm a big fan of that. Raise your hand if I, you have a Warlords. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm actually upset by the Star Lords people because I wanted to do a Warlords remake. I thought that would be a fun remake well, to kind of. I think, I think what somebody needs to do is do like a VR four player Warlords, where you're like standing in the machine. And you've got a shield, and like you're—I mean, come on, that'd be yeah, great. Like that'd be kind of cool. You could have more than four players then. It's like a breakout VR uh, defend and attack. Oh, yeah, you could do hex warriors. <laughs> Penta, Penta, Penta warriors. <laughs> I think hex would be better. Yeah, it's it's less running. More people. Three. You could do three against three. You could have. You could mix it up. I don't know. That's cool. So, <laughs> Warlords. 3v3 is a good format. Yeah. So, Warlords and what else? Like, your dad did Pac-Man. Uh, did you, like, hate Pac-Man because it was so boring? No, okay, so I... Pac-Man was a big part of my history in arcades, but it's certainly not... I, I don't know. I respect it. Sure. But I don't, I don't think it's my... I have many games like that where I, th I think 
I respect it. Like, for instance, there's a game over Brian's left shoulder that I respect for its <laughs> technology, but I hate for its gameplay. Yes. <laughs> it's called Exterminator. And I said it first tonight. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Season four, second to the last episode. Adam brings it up first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Smash TV. That was uh, Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Uh, I like I, when I got, you know, the I call it the I don't know if this is right, but I call it the pizza arcade era. Mm-hmm. Which is when we had yes. like the Ninja Turtles and the, sure. the NBA jams. I liked a lot of those. I was a bit, I liked the Ninja Turtles and the Simpsons cabs. And, sure, uh, yeah. Just because those were the ones that I would you know beg to get another quarter to play because I was terrible at. And I think yeah. that's kind of the point. But I figure you got to be at least ten years younger than me. That's that's uh, the that's the error. I'm 34. So yeah. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm 39. I'm only a year older than you. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Feel old now. Yeah. So don't be fooled by my gorgeous blonde locks. Yes. Uh, those yes. are fake. Um. What? <laughs> this is natural. This is natural's yeah. Billy Idols, okay? So so last last week we didn't have a show. I turned fifty one. And so God, you look I, you look younger than me, you asshole. Well thank you. I, you know, because of the whole deal guys, with the devil. So hello. Gamers. You gotta respect your level. Right. I don't like to say I'm 50, I don't like to say I'm thirty four years old. I like to say I'm a level thirty four human. <laughs> yeah, I'm level fifty one, exactly. That's yeah, awesome. That's great. I can't wait to level level fifty one. <laughs> yeah, level up. Level up. <laughs> that's great. You've got many years of gaming ahead of you. So you have all kinds of new ideas. Um, Mark, I think you have the next question. I'm pretty sure. And, and I'm looking. Yep. Who are your heroes in the arcade hobby? Yeah. How about that? Heroes in the arcade yeah. hobby. You look up. Yeah, so like we, I look up for, you know, it's like um, Mark Shields and... Um, what? I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, like... Uh, Nolan Bushnell. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This okay. This this might be a weird one, um, and it might not be the vein in, in which you're going. And like I said, I'm terrible with names, so I'm gonna look up uh, good, good. his name real quick. Uh, I like the the people that are. I guess the people that I'm looking up to a lot right now is are the spooky pinball people. Oh yeah. Because the, if I could become a company like them that would be a dream man. is it like, isn't ben heck involved with that charlie emery i think is one of them i think uh brian do you know i don't know them actually it's they i not a huge like i like what they've done but i'm not a huge fan of their games brian so that's is that's a hater good. i i not, so the thing is i'm not i i i like pinball but i am not I'm, nec- I'm not definitely not a pinhead yet. I don't think I've earned that title. Yeah. But Total yeah. Nuclear Annihilation, that game well, like, spoke to me. I like Total that game. I like that game. Though, that, but that was done by the guy from um, from uh, Pinball Life, their tech over there. Hmm. Sure. So, And then he took it to Spooky to produce it. So I'm like, yes, like, Total Nuclear Annihilation, they knocked out of the park. But, but also that, that also had been, heck, that had been heck stuff. Ben Heck worked yeah. on that. Wow. And it... And it was a single level playfield, no ramps. Yep. And I think they used like that was a game where using the the pieces, like you were talking before about like looking at certain things and how can you apply that. They took very simple playfield elements and did an amazing job like 
using them in a different way, like a pop bumper dead center in the middle of the field that can fire the ball back at you. Yeah. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah. Deadly and awesome. Yeah, also, and, and that's it, the thing. It, it's by the way. Deadly, but, like, as I play it, I it really forces me to develop some, like, very important pinball shots, yep. like hitting the orbits and... Yep. I got to tell you, those. take a look at the uh, total annihilation... Uh, playfield, and then take a look at the Dolly Parton playfield from from back in the day. Ooh. What? Is it a remix? It is Dolly a remix. Annihilation. Yeah, I'm not even joking. the 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 playfield is somewhat similar. Hmm. Do you see the the row up there? I'm okay. Oh yep. yeah, the knockdowns. But like that's but no. yeah, what's gonna happen? It, yeah, so I'm not saying, but look in the upper the, left too. It's not I, it, it. It's inspired by. Let's just say. I give you the the the, the tabletop. It's like, it's like similar, but there's something about total nuclear annihilation where it's just. You I just don't like Dolly Parton's I'm legs, do you? I'm gonna lean so far into this. Right? <laughs> it's a great game. Don't get me wrong. I had a lot of fun playing. Much more fun than the monsters. Tony, oh, yeah. would you ever would you ever design a, a pinball game, or is that just like? If I, you know, I mean, I, I, it's on my list of things. I have like a bucket list of things I'd like to create before I die. Mm-hmm. Things I'd like to make before I die. Pinball is definitely on there, and uh-huh. I just kind of want to. I don't want to make a pinball. I want to make a. If I made a pinball game, I'd want you to walk up to it and be like, "This doesn't look like any pinball game I see." But uh-huh. when you play it, you'd be like, "Oh, this respects pinball's legacy." But it's trying to show me something new, and I have no idea what that would be. I, I know, I know what it would be. A circular pinball game that you get into the middle of, and it's all around you, and you have to like turn around <laughs> as you're playing. Oh. Something like that. PlayStation you so, like, Four. Like you get into an elevator, and it goes down, and yeah, why not? And and your flipper buttons are like you you hold them in your hands so that you can yeah. As you turn, I like that. Oh, by the way, in the chat, somebody mentioned, uh, didn't Ben Heck make a Bill Paxton pin? That is a true statement. So he designed a Bill Paxton pin from the ground up. An actor or like a character he played? No, he did a Bill Paxton pin. So it had all kinds of sound effects from all the all the movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And Brian Jones would like someone to put a bucket on my head. By the way, would, would you guys a like lot. to have uh, Ben Heck on the show next year? Because... That might be a possibility for our season premiere. Sure, why not? I could tolerate Ben. Yeah, he's a good guy. I've I've sat down with him and and here's his business card. Yes. I I've uh, I've sat down with him multiple times, and I think he might be a good guest. Yeah, I man. almost convinced him to play Death Ball once. Oh, uh, he hasn't. I didn't. I'm sure that... he's played it, but I was gonna. I was trying to. I was talking to him, and I was trying to convince him to. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's. Played it since then, but uh, he's an interesting <laughs> fellow. Was that an MGC when we uh, we were like rounding up that year? Was, did he play like uh, GBG and then? Yeah, he played. He played some GBG, and we got Billy Mitchell to come through too, and he played some games. Well, that's right. Billy Mitchell was there that year. Yeah, forgot yeah. about that. That fellow's interesting. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I yes. guess uh, yeah. The, uh, that's a tough question. Heroes, certainly, I respect a lot of people in this industry. Okay, but uh, I just you know I want to I just want to make a company that does something in small town you know in small rural 
Midwestern, the United States, you know, I I just want to produce stuff here, you know? Yeah. That's why I really respect Spooky, because they do that. They they build all kinds of games here. I got a personal question. I got a personal question. Yeah. Where'd you meet your wife? Uh, I met my wife at a interesting party in San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> isn't that all parties in San I Francisco? Met my wife I mean, like, isn't, isn't that what they all are? It was called a digital detox, and it, it was like a it was a really interesting party, unlike all the parties in San Francisco, because. When we went there at CoCheck, everybody checked in their cell phone. So nobody no. had a cell phone. That is oh, awesome. In there. And they had typewriters and they had uh, music playing and they had a bar and stuff. And they, one, of the, one of her friends was – I was in San Francisco. So one of her friends was wearing a startup shirt that I knew people who worked at it. And I started talking to him and ended up meeting her. And I had to write her phone number down on a piece of paper like a freaking Neanderthal. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, but it was a it was a really interesting experience. At that point, that was early enough that people weren't always talking about cell phone addiction. But as soon as you gave it away, you recognized that I, I was dependent on that thing. Right, right. <laughs> Unlike the earlier BBS addiction, which nobody talks about. But. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Actually, I was just talking about to somebody the other day. Yeah, yeah. Top City here in Twin Cities was the biggest BBS. They had tons of users. And they had a little place called Our Place, like R Dash Place, which is kind of the inspiration for Arcade Radio. Oh, kind of cool, man. Yeah, I'll put that in a museum when we put it together. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's this. Uh, you just learned a little bit about Arcade Radio tonight. So, and chatters uh, are wondering if they should be uh, filling out the contest form. Yes, that's arcaderadio.com/contest. Keep- Special code word, vagina. Wait, no. <laughs> no it's, it's getting worse as we get sorry. to the rest of the sorry. night. McFly. <laughs> McFry. McFry. So basically, at this point, we'll accept anything. <laughs> exactly. Because we're we're five minutes away, so we're gonna do a cutoff here in just a minute, uh, and we will pull the names, and at the top of the hour, we'll draw, and then you know. You know, and that's the whole point, right? It's, it's that's right because you're just not going to give anybody this beer belt that holds a six pack of beer. Look at this! Oh, it looks like a utility. I may even throw a beer in there. It's like know. a Batman utility belt. It is, yeah. You better not send beer in the mail unless you know they're 21. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our audience is so yes, young. You got to host right. off or no. kids. <laughs> Brian is on? actually laughing right now. Brian, you look like you're praying. You look like a Madonna. It's like, so I was supposed to get my camera in, and it's a problem. So (laughs) the new camera is supposed to come in. It's at the post office. I have not been out of work before 5 o'clock one day to go get it. Oh, man. And so I have, like, my laptop sitting here in front of me, and I've got the show (laughs) notes in the chat here. So, like, I'm, like, trying to read this. I had this whole little neat setup for for my streaming and it is minus a camera, so I'm kind of like, yeah. It's not a bad camera, though, if you're using your laptop camera. I am using my laptop camera right now, and I'm, I'm trying to, like, keep up with the chat notes here and give, give Brian Jones crap like I normally try to do right. at some point. Uh, there was a question in the chat. Um, are you going to port Deathfall over to any 
other devices oh, like yeah. switch or anything else? Yeah. So I, I get this question probably this is probably the question I get the most. And uh, when I started, I kind of had this I I had this like purist thought about it, like no. It's arcade only, baby. Uh, but the weird thing is like I've de- you know, maybe this is a happy problem, but I've developed a lot of fans and some of them don't live near arcades and they're like really bummed that they're not able to play it when they want to, you know? And so that's kind of made me think that maybe there needs to be a future in death ball where people, people get access to it, who are fans who don't live near an arcade. But I'm obviously hesitant to make that jump because a lot of the speciality of death ball is you have to go play it with other people live in an arcade. So one of the things I really thought some of these uh, games like killer queen or, um, uh, Oh gosh, what was the sky cursor should have done was to make a really bad, like a 2600 port of their game (laughs) and put that out on like, like PlayStation four where like, you know, so death ball, instead of being like the two wizards and like the background would be like, two squares and like a ball that bounces around and and i mean i thought it'd be like just an awesome kind of like joke like hey it's death ball on ps4 by the way go play it in the arcade yeah they just don't have the hardware on the ps4 sorry guys but i mean like i mean like you know like kind of a and and like a a shout out back to the old days where like you could play something that was not really the arcade at home and to like say hey we're gonna give you death ball at home by the way the arcade version is way better <laughs> I, I've even explored with ideas like that, just giving them one map or something, you know, like give it a, cause at the end of the day, like profiting off this is not the goal. I just want to build a business that's sustainable and can make new games. And, you know, I'm, I'm very much just, if I'm, I'm only going to work if the arcade industry keeps growing, which obviously coronavirus has been hard for it. But, you know, the reality is if I could just give them a version of death ball that they could just play at home, but it was only one map, I would think about doing that. I would just be worried then that death ball would just become that one map and nobody would play any of the other maps. Well, you could do a build your own map. By the way, there's oh, yeah, one, map that there's one other question about the death ball. Does it run? What does it run on a pie a PC? What uh, it does. It's a, it's unity. It's built in unity. Um, the unity, you cannot, as far as I'm con- uh, understand now, you cannot get those to run on a Raspberry Pi unless you run Android on it. And I didn't want to do that. We run Linux on it. But I did find a single board computer. We were using Nux, Intel Nux, I think. Oh, yeah, uh, Intel Nux. Lot, yeah, they're the best. A lot of people use those in these small projects, and we like them. But we, we ended up finding a uh, single board computer that we think has everything to run Death Ball. And it's a x86 single board computer, which those are really, I find them really fascinating. It's got uh, memory built right into it. It's called an UDO, a U-D-O-O x86. An Interesting. UDO x86. Interesting. And then uh, Todd Black has chimed in a couple times. Tell us about the secret codes, user stats, oh, player yeah. tracking. Hmm. So that's one of those things... Uh, I want that's one of those things where it's like you you want to have the old school thing. I want to have some kind of a leaderboard, mm-hmm. but you're just playing one v one. So how do you have a leaderboard? So I just built an ELO system in, which is like the chess system for ranking, where you can actually log into a user with a secret passcode, and if you play somebody else, you will your ELO ratings will change. It's like a ranked little match, and cool. the way that that works is. You press the button, your little wizard warps in. But if you press and hold the button, 
then you go to the secret sign-in phase. Oh. If you get to the secret sign-in phase, but you don't have a user yet, you can press and hold it again, and then you get to the user creation phase. And it's just, you put in, it's just got three little letters, like the old arcade nick. Yeah. So you put in your little arcade nick, you press a button, and it asks you for an eight-direction code. So you can do, like, the Konami code if you want. Up, up, down. The reality is, though, you have to, it has to be original on the cap. So nobody else can have your code, oh. otherwise... Who would we say when you logged in? So, hmm. you know, you, whatever you pick, it's something secret, but it's relatively hard to guess. That's it's funny. It's not secure by any means. So then you walk up to the cab, you press and hold the button, you put in your little code, doot, 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 and you're assigned into your guy. And there you go. That is really cool. And we what? use that, and we use that a lot in the leagues to, you know, for people to yeah. feel like they have. Oh, I'm number one. I'm the best oh. wizard of all the wizards. That is fascinating. All right, so it's nine oh two. Uh, we're going to interrupt you for a minute to do our contest, and then we will ask. We'll finish up a few questions. We want you to stick with us after the show, uh, but uh, you're going to wear a beer, beer belt right now. It's nine oh two. Let's let's see what the computer has to say about who's going to win. So we have a number of entries tonight. Uh, uh, the computer, uh, the hat will decide, and uh, let's see what it has to say. <laughs> All right, and three. Let me see. And three. Okay. Two. One. <laughs> okay. Uh, T. Blatt wins it tonight. All right, Todd. All right. Nice. T- so Todd is, uh, he's the winner tonight. Uh, good to see you. Todd, he owns a death ball cap. Yeah. Really? Uh, Maryland? I kind of want a death. Is there is there like a home price? Because I, I'd be interested. I, to buy I one. wish. I wish. <laughs> you know what? I do. You don't. I'll buy one on the secondary market when they go. You know, when they when they're no longer popular. Uh, we we and I I've thought a lot about this. Like, I I'm convinced if they did another stimulus check, I'd have to have like a thousand dollar little wall mounted death ball thing that I sold people. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think it would be flat pack. You'd have to build it yourself, IKEA style. Sure. Nice. I would be totally down with that. Um, and then I mean, have because a coin door or anything, so you're not going to be able to like use it in a bar for money or anything. But unless you drill it out, that'll be yeah, fun. You could build your own coin door in there. Yeah, yeah I know you guys would. I know how. Yeah. I know how the. I got my routers is ready. You're like, we'll figure out a way, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Brian, Brian will be like, I, I don't care. I don't. Everything's free play yeah. in my arcade. I don't care. I have some some contractors in China that are going to help me with that Unity <laughs> operating system. We'll get in there. All right. So uh, I don't think it's very secure, honestly. But I'm also like, if somebody's going to replicate it. That's very flattering. Oh, I, man. I don't know what I would do, but I'd be very flattered to start. By the way, I got to say, uh, I love this new contest format. It gives everybody a chance to listen to the show. Thank you for listening to the show till the end. Uh, and we love we love that the chatters are here tonight with us. Uh, next week, I'm going to tease uh, next week's episode. We do have uh, an Atari Home Division um, programmer on. So we're going to stick with the, the line of game designers. Uh, and while Tony is a brilliant game designer designing such games as Death Ball, um, the guy that's going to be on next week made a little game called E.T. So, yeah. Sorry, 2600 game. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's a good he's a good guy, and he's going to be on the show. And you guys have to tune in because it's going to be totally fun. Totally, man. Yeah. All right. So let's. Uh, any other questions uh, going on here t- in the chat tonight? Let me see. I don't see any. Do you see any? I mean, there was a suggestion for a one-up death ball cabinet, but I don't know if that's a question. Why? Wow, that's terrible. Why would you? Oh my god! Arcade one-up? Yeah, you could <laughs> build an arcade uh, one-up home version for three hundred dollars. So I probably missed this, but I'm going to ask anyways. How, how many place? How many death ball cabinets are there out there in the public to play? There is a total of. 21 death ball cabinets. Holy moly, you need to update your website. They're not all public, so I think... (laughs) What does the website say? I think there's only 18 that are public. The website says like 10. Okay, well... Oh, man. You know what? My manager is fired. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, uh, I would love to work with you on marketing sometime if you want to do that. I've never done marketing, but I'm good at marketing, so... Listen, I... You know, yeah, if you... You guys hear a truck? Cabs were in business. That be, yeah. Oh man, I'm totally psyched. This has really been fun having you on the show. I, I, we're really honored that you came on. I, I just think this is a unique uh, game. And if you ever get a chance to play in one of the arcades after COVID's over, or even if you're in a place that is allowing that right now, you should go and play because it's actually a, a lot of fun. And bring bring your disinfectant wipes and your masks and all that stuff. <laughs> Mask up. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, it's fascinating. And, Tony, we could hang out and talk all night, but I do want you to stick around after the show. And, and Mark, did we agree we're going to play one of my new songs? Yes. I'm excited about that. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know what to do. Is is everybody on the right page? Because, I I mean, (laughs) I don't even know what to do now. I have no idea. All right, so... uh, over the weekend, I did not talk about this on what you've been working on, but I did uh, cr- create a couple of new tracks. Uh, the Mad Tracks album. I think I'm going to have to release it. I'm, I'm like a... Uh, I think I'm at like... Spark some CDs. I'm like at 10 tracks now total. Well, I probably have 11 if I add another one. So uh, I'll play this one tonight. It's called <clears throat> Funkin' Fresh. And it goes a little something like this. Thanks for listening on the Double R's. This has been Arcade Radio. Hey, don't forget to check out our old, check out Old School Gamer Magazine. You can pick up the subscription over at www.oldschoolgamermagazine.com. Check out our website, arcaderadio.com. That's R-C-A-D-E-R-A-D-I-O.com for all of our social media and swag. Or you can call and leave us comments on 612-548-GAME. That's 4263. Enjoying the show? Pick up some Arcade Radio swag over at teespring.com slash arcade radio. Or consider supporting our Patreon campaign over at patreon.com slash arcade radio. Multiple tiers starting at just $3 a month. Every bit helps. <laughs> I, I I love your... Ele- There's like an elect... You know, like a electromechanical keyboard going on in the background. That's my bad. Sorry. <laughs> hey, subscribe to our YouTube channel in case you're not actually listening to it right now and click that notification bell so you'll know when we're streaming live. Excellent. 
<laughs> if you like what you've been hearing, consider dropping a five-star review on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume this podcast, which is currently up to date all the way up to Warren Davis. And uh, I will be uploading all the episodes before the season finale this weekend. I took the day off tomorrow, so you better believe these episodes are going up. Yeah. That's going to be up for the show from the Arcade Radio team. We hope you had a blast, and we'll see you in the next episode. That was the end of the show.